everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here again today to have Veronica answer some questions and, oh, of course, the, the pet update. The good news of the week is that Miss Marple with the broken paw, or actually it's two dislocated metatarsals, allegedly she's getting her cast off this Sunday, allegedly. She was supposed Great. to get it off last Sunday, but they said um, one of them healed up really well, but they thought that the, the one, the, like the farthest out to the side, uh, needed a little more time. Now, poor Marvel, she's just like so over it. She's so over it that all the way home, it was. I felt like I know I was probably projecting upon her, but it was like she pouted all the way home because she wanted that cast off so bad. It's been a rough, rough, it's been eight weeks. This Saturday or this Sunday will be eight weeks that she's been, the cast is practically bigger than her. So she's having a hard time of it. She can't get around very well. It's hard for her to go to the bathroom. It's hard. It's just hard. So we're hoping that Sunday will be the big day. I'm hoping. And Mr. G is, knock on wood, doing excellent. Um, 19 now. And I can tell he's slowing down a little bit, but and I am helping him a lot because he doesn't see too well. And if I want his attention, i got to get right in his face and clap my hands so he'll look at me. And he's having a hard time seeing and hearing, but he's having wonderful days. He goes out and he snoops around and, you know, disciplines the cat still. So I'm going to keep him here as long as I can. Just like last year, I'm going to ask, you know, I really want him to make it to Christmas. One more Christmas with Guinness would be delightful. And I am so in bonus territory right now because I really thought last year he wouldn't make it till Christmas. But knock on wood, praise the universe, he's still here and he's still kicking. He's eating, drinking, and being his snarky little self. <laughs> How are your brood over there, um, Tony? They're fine. Um, I have a grooming appointment for Duke. Uh, since no one can go and groom him and trim his nails, I'm taking him to the vet. They're going to sedate him, watch him, and give him a puppy cut and trim all his nails. This is the only way. For 10 years, I've tried everything. This is what I'm left with. So, <laughs> I think that's you know, called spoiled rotten puppies. I think that's what that's called. Yeah. See, I as long as they're at the vet, there's a doctor there, you know, watching over, I'm okay. Any other way, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't. So it's good. Now, we have to have that authority figure. But see, if it was yeah. Guinness, he would say, screw the authority figure. I'm going to be a brat anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. So that's about all that's oh. going on there. You know, the season's over, thank goodness. And the heat seems oh, yeah. to be going down to a normal temperature. But I hear you're having a heat wave. What, today is the, quote, the official last day of the heat wave. It's been 106 Uh-oh. to 110 for eight days straight. Now, granted, no humidity, but 
my poor air conditioner is cranking. I can't wait to get the electric bill. Because <laughs> right. uh, you had to have it on all the time because it was just so oh, yeah. hot. And yeah. now we have a hurricane coming up from Baja, California. We're going to have rain tonight. So, which means oh. I have to prepare everything for rain. I've got to put the sandbags out because well, I live on a slope. So everything yeah. comes down and hits me. So I've got to have a row of sandbags. Got to get that out. I mean, we're preparing today because tonight the rain starts. And yeah. they can't project how heavy it's going to be. Uh, they think, they, they say, well, it's anywhere from light rain to torrential downpour. Gee, thanks. That's a lot of good information. <laughs> so we're preparing oh, yeah. for the worst. And the humidity, I feel like I'm in Michigan. The yeah. humidity is about 65%, which is unheard of in California. Oh, yeah. But every 25 years or so, we get a hurricane on the West Coast, and this is it. Hurricane K, I think it is. So today it's only going to be 92. It's been 106, so this is like cooling down. And the humidity is horrendous, but now we're getting ready for winter. Usually I have till like the beginning of November to get ready. I have to, and we just found out like yesterday. So we're scrambling around over here trying to get, get everything ready for rain, but we really need it. I have a rain barrel I went out and bought because you also know we, we quote, had a drought and we're on water restriction. You can only water out. There's some places you can't water at all outside. I live in an area where you can water on Thursdays and Sundays before 9 a.m. and after 4 p.m. If you water outside any time besides that, they're monitoring and they'll fine you. Yeah. So... We're going from drought to torrential rain. So I'm putting out rain. I have a rain barrel, and I've got a bunch of buckets. I hope I can fill them up because I've got plants. I'm a plant person. And yeah, yeah. It's been tedious trying to keep the plants alive. I bet. I bet. Wow. Yeah. California's, you know, California's got its weather problems going on. <laughs> like, oh, my oh, God. It, uh, one extreme to the other. I know. I know, but I'm, I am going to try to collect rain. I got this big, I bought it. It's a big barrel, and it's got a spigot at the bottom, and you, the top has like a screen on it, and the water will fill up. And at least that way, I'll have emergency water so that my plants all don't die. Yeah, yeah. Lost, lost a few already, you know, just because it, I, put, I couldn't water outside on the other day. So when it got really, really hot like that, I was, I was practically taking bottled water out to <laughs> Plants, please don't yeah. die. Please don't die. Okay. Oh, Pretty weird. Oh, my God. So, anyways, okay. I'm going to go get Veronica. All right. And I'll be back. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. And um, we've got some good questions, as always. And um, I encourage you to write in to Inner Whispers Radio. Dot com, and that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, indeed we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. 
Our first question is coming from Carol. You mentioned most of us are not naive to Earth. Are you referring to the place our soul begun, our incarnation? Yeah, well, what we're talking about is, is that a lot of you, we say Earth is not your first choice. A lot of times you have incarnated in other places that you actually prefer, but you come to the Earth plane, and the Earth plane is so thick and dense compared to some of the other dimensional spaces available and some of the other planetary moments that are available, that when one comes to Earth, say, for the first time, it's always like jumping into a vat full of molasses that you can't move around in very well. When you're used to something else where there's more fluidity, and then to come to Earth, it's difficult. And we've been asked many times, why is it so hard here? Why is it so thick and dense? Why, you know, why, why, why? And it is a denser reality. And some of you just aren't used to it. Now, some of you have incarnated from the beginning on Earth, so you can get used to that thick denseness and the difficulties involved. But if you're used to incarnating in places that are a little lighter and a little easier to deal with, when you do come to the Earth plane, you say, well, what is going on? Why is this happening? So we said that because it is important to know that it's because maybe you're just not native to the Earth plane and not used to it. And when you come into it from other spaces, it's extremely difficult. Okay. Our next question comes from Heather. Will we become spirit guides at some point in our evolution? Have some of us already served a spirit guide between our lives in a linear? <clears throat> Well, not everybody wants to be a spirit guide, and it is a choice. We would say that some of you have already been spirit guide, yes, and some of you will wait till you're not incarnating anymore to become a spirit guide. There is no set point in your evolution that's standard that one will do this or not do this. Again, it is very very much an individual choice. And some of you just simply aren't of the right vibration to be a spirit guide, that you want to do other things, you have other other points of interest. But a lot of you know how difficult it is to be in the linear environment and want to come and help. A lot of times when there is a group that travels together, like a cadre, that travels together from life to life to life, oftentimes one member of the cadre will stay out of the linear experience to help guide those who are that are a member of their cadre. That does happen a lot, too. But again, there's not a standard answer, and it's all individual choice. Okay. Susan writes in, do people who have deep past life connections reach out to each other without being consciously aware of it. Yes. When you've had a lot of experience with someone and you meet up with them in the linear reality 
a lot of times there's instant recognition that doesn't make sense if you're just thinking linearly and not thinking more universally. And you meet this person, and it's like you feel like you're picking up from a conversation that you had with them before, and then you're just continuing the dialogue. And you feel like you connected with them on a deep soul level, which linearly doesn't make sense, as I just met you. It does happen. A lot of times you are unconsciously, because the frequency is very similar, drawn like a magnet to somebody that you've had experience with before. Sometimes it's conscious, sometimes. More often than not, it's unconscious. It happens all the time. We believe that every single one of you have met somebody seemingly for the first time, and you feel like you know everything about them. You feel comfortable. There's like you practically already know their name. You're finishing each other's sentences, and you look at each other with surprise and say, wow, <laughs> I feel like I know you from somewhere. And you do, but not necessarily from the current life that you're living. So, yes, you can be unconsciously drawn to someone and not know it. But we'd say that that's part of the whole process, and sometimes it can be very, very interesting to run into somebody like that. Okay. Uh, Ari would like to know, if a loved one crosses over from a serious illness, such as cancer or cystic fibrosis, does that illness follow them into parallel lives? There are times, let's, again, let's start with the definition of a parallel life. A parallel life is who you are right now. Say you're in this incarnation, your name is Mary Smith. You have parallel lives where you are Mary Smith. Also, because you're making different choices in the parallel lives. Your illness, let's say you have cancer. You could have succumbed to cancer in another parallel life. And then the life you're in, you, you beat it. That's what parallel lives do. We would caution all of you not to confuse parallel lives and concurrent lives and past, present, future lives with the um, parallel lives. They're very different. Now, you could have a lifetime, this lifetime, let's say you passed from cancer in this lifetime. You can go into another lifetime, a future lifetime, where you don't get cancer at all. So it does change. But a parallel life is still Mary Smith. You still might get cancer, but maybe the outcome will be different, or maybe the treatment will be different. You'll be in a parallel life where the treatments are different than some of the barbaric treatments for cancer that you have in this one. So all of those things do play into it, but it's not just parallel lives. You have to make sure that you remember that parallel lives are you still being Mary Smith, and the past, present, future lives, you could be another different person. You could, you know, change your identity a little bit, but you're still the same soul every time. Hey, well, Veronica, that was our last question like to take a break and come back and give a message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. A um, lot of questions about past lives, for sure. 
Um, so keep writing in, and I, if you haven't written in, please do, don't be shy, to innerwhispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. So, here we are, another day on the planet. Try to make it a good day. Don't let extracurricular or outside energy trip you up into a state of negativity. Try to use the things that are around you, the people around you, the dramatics around you, the politics around you. Try to keep that outside of your perceptions. Keep it out of your inner being. To draw any sort of negativity into your heart chakra is never a good idea. It's always important to put up a little barrier or shield to prevent damage that can be done by other people's negativity. Make sure that you look around and seek out the good things. Even if it's a teeny tiny little good thing, acknowledge it. Because the more you acknowledge the goodness, the bigger it's going to get. And if you're constantly looking at the negativity and sticking your feet into it, so to speak, the more you're going to create that. Decide to be positive whenever you can. And find that one good thing, even if it's, yeah, if it's teeny tiny, find it. Acknowledge it. Draw it towards you. Simultaneously pushing away the negativity. We will caution all of you to stay out of the path of those who are entrenched in their negativity. Back up from them. Love them if they're family or the people that you care about, but don't get in the path of the negativity that they are creating. Always try to surround yourself with the most positive energy possible. And if you're having a hard time finding it, take some time. Back up a little bit and decide you're going to meditate or do something that is comfortable and pleasing to your energy so that you can get into a more positive state. You are the creator of your reality. But there are authors around you that they're creating their reality and some of that can seep into yours. So decide that you're not going to allow that by fortifying and identifying all the positive things you can. And even if it's the tiniest little positive thing, grab onto it. Pull it towards you. Because it's like a seed in a garden. You plant it and it'll sprout into a beautiful plant with more positivity involved. So plant the seeds of positivity everywhere you can. Your culture needs it. The planet needs it. But most of all, you need it. And doing this for yourself is probably the best thing you can do in times of trouble or negativity. Okay, thank you, Veronica. Beautiful message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.